and a very warm welcome to the Vet Method podcast, where we bring team training concepts to veterinary practices who want to grow revenues through a high-performance team. My name is Sanjay Mangabai, and I'm based in the city of Salisbury in the southwest of England. And today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Rachel Titchberg. Hi, Rachel. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So whereabouts are you today, Rachel? I live in Miami, Florida, so it's warm and sunny. (laughs) Ah, again, you know, everyone I talk to, they've got such fantastic weather. And at the moment, we're in the doldrums of, um, you know, the late, late autumn, really. So it's pretty miserable over here, but I believe it's bright and sunny where you are. <laughs> it is. This is like, we're finally getting into like our, our good season. So you'll have to vacation sometime. <laughs> Fantastic. A little bit about Rachel. She has worked in both general and specialty practices and is a certified emotional intelligent practitioner, a certified veterinary business leader, and a certified trainer in workplace conflict resolution. And although she has a deep love for pets, she has found that her true passion is working with people in veterinary medicine. So many people in vet med, Rachel, say that they would rather work with animals than work with people. And <laughs> you're going in the opposite direction. It's true. No, I. you can't take care of animals without taking care of the people. So they go hand in hand. It's so true. The, the animals come attached to a person, fortunately yes. or unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so the title of the podcast is a coach in your corner, and we're going to talk about that for the next few minutes. Okay, Rachel, let's start with question number one. Who is your ideal client? Yeah, so at uh, Veterinary Growth Partners, we go by VGP, we are a management services organization. So Mm -hmm. we focus on management tools and support, a lot of educational programs focused on just how to run your business. So everything from strategic planning, inventory, HR, operations, marketing, I mean, you name it. So that's a big part of what we're doing is supporting and educating people that work in practice. And so for us, our ideal client would really be veterinary practice owners and leadership teams. So private practices, mostly. There are some small corporations that we do, you know, if they have like multiple locations, we work with them too. But we work one-on-one on that practice level. So we're really looking for owners, practice managers, hospital administrators, leaders who are looking to solve some problems, stop putting out fires, you know, people that feel like they're just every day. It's like just, you know, focusing on all the little things that pop up and they've got this pile of like goals and dreams that they have on their desk that they just never seem to get to. People are always knocking on their door, asking for help. So we're really there to initially sort of potentially get them out of that if they're really stuck in that and really help them think about where they want to take the future of their practice. Okay. So you offer a whole spectrum of services along with those tools that you mentioned. And I would imagine it's a target audience uh, you mentioned. It would be like forward-thinking owners, managers, practices, industry leaders that are committed to achieving, you know, optimal profitability, efficiency, and growth, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Perfect. That leads us nicely onto question number two. What's the biggest problem your clients face and how do you help them? Yeah. So there is a lot uh, to unpack there, right? There's a lot of problems that we face. I mean, it's, you know, we could talk all day about hiring and training and just everything from customer service experience. I mean, you name it. But what I will say is if I had to think about one just sort of overarching problem that I feel us at BGP solve are 
really the stress and overwhelm that practice owners and teams are feeling. Mm-hmm. And though it has definitely amplified over the last year and a half, this is not a new problem to our industry and something that I believe is sort of at a crisis level at this mm-hmm. point. And so I think that for the majority of what we do, especially like the coaching team specifically, is we really try to help practices decrease that stress, decrease that overwhelm. You know, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of that. I'm showing up to work every day. I have these goals as a practice manager and owner of the things I want to do, the things I want to accomplish, but there's always an emergency. There's always someone calling out sick. There's always something that needs to be fixed. There's always just these unpredictabilities of the day-to-day life. And it just creates this craziness, you know, and I have experience in practice too. And it, it just kind of just feels like we're not really moving forward. And so what we try to do is sort of unpack all of that. And in whatever way they need, we try to help them decrease that stress and overwhelm so they can focus on the goals that they really want to achieve to move their practice forward. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot in there. So basically the biggest problem is is seeing stress and overwhelm, but underlying that there's all these issues of hiring, training, you know, uh, all this recruitment stuff, time management Mm -hmm. underneath it. So you help them identify those problems, which then ultimately leads to a reduction in the stress and the overwhelm. Exactly. Try to identify the priorities. I think that that's the big thing. It's there's this, that overwhelm of all the things we want to do and all the things we need to do and still practicing good medicine and still delivering a good client experience and keeping our team happy. And I just think sometimes we get that feeling of just being stuck. And so helping them identify what the true priorities are. And then of course, helping to hold them accountable. That's the other thing too, right? When you're at the, the top of your business, when you're that business owner, who's holding you accountable? Who's holding the leadership team accountable yeah. um, to the things they say they want to do? We can do that, you know, obviously through our one-on-one meetings, but also through our resources and support. There's, um, I, we always tell people, if you're going to be opening up a blank Word document and starting to write a protocol, create a training, whatever, those are the kind of things that we can handle for you. We, we try to create as many easy buttons as we can for our practices because we've all been there. We know what it's like to, to yeah. feel overwhelmed and we really want to help in every way that we can. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the word accountability there. And I think that's so important. That's the whole idea of having a coach, you know, someone like yourself. Mm-hmm. Because ideas are common. But implementation is where people struggle with. They always run out of time. They run out of, you know, knowing how to how to actually do something. So having a coach guide them through that process would be invaluable. Great. Yes. Question number three, what are the typical symptoms people experience with their problem? You know, their pain points. I know you covered stress and overwhelm, but is there anything else? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole slew. I mean, there's, of course, burnout and compassion fatigue, mm-hmm. major problem that our industry at large is is dealing with and trying to face. And we have, of course, this incredibly high turnover rate. And we're just seeing not only people leaving practices, but leaving the industry. And that's, yeah. that's to me, even more scary, right? People are giving up on their passion. You know, people don't just come into vet med. We come into it because we're passionate and we deeply care. So that that's very concerning to me. Of course, we have decreased revenue, decreased efficiency. We have poor experience for our clients, negative reviews, right? Which of course has a greater impact on our practices these days. Mm-hmm. Overall chaos in the practice, right? People just don't know what they're doing. They're not trained well enough and things are just haywire. Increased tension among the team, which leads to conflict and mistakes. And so honestly, you know, it all just sort of creates this... Um, this big festering problem and it can be really hard to stop the spiral sometimes. So 
it's really important to get ahead of that stress and overwhelm or at least acknowledge it exists for number one. Cause I remember when I was in practice, I kind of felt this constant state of tension. Mm-hmm. A part of me for a while thought that that was excitement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought I like was really invigorated by my job. Mm-hmm. And then what I came to know and figure out sort of the hard way through just dealing with a lot of honestly illness, medical problems and stuff like that, that was a result of my stress was mm-hmm. that that feeling I felt in my chest was not exhilaration and excitement. It was extreme tension and stress and overwhelm. And I thought that that tension was good. I thought that that was what was driving me and it was, but it wasn't mm-hmm. actually that positive emotion. I thought it was, it was actually just extreme stress. So yeah. So this is something that I personally have lived through and experienced in my own yeah. time and practice. Yeah. I think, you know, if we haven't experienced it personally, we actually, you know, we've certainly seen it um, unfortunately in colleagues and I guess it's taking the time to stop and and think and recognize the emotions that you're feeling, you know, understand yeah. them, recognize them, understand them, and then somehow learn to manage them. I know you do, um, you're certified in emotional in- intelligence, but I would imagine that's part of the what you do. Oh, yes. So mm-hmm. emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. conflict training is a big mm-hmm. piece of what we provide for our members. It's something that people just keep coming back. You know, we do our conferences multiple times a year. But yes, talking about the domains of emotional intelligence, that self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-management, like you said, but also that social awareness, you know, what's going on in the people around you and how do we be empathetic and that relationship management? How do we maintain relationships with our clients and our coworkers? So mm-hmm. it plays a huge role in what we do. And then of course the conflict side, right? Is how do we manage conflict in the practice? And whether that looks like actual people having a, an altercation of some kind, you know, sort of like a verbal yeah. change or whatever, or, or sometimes even just conflict around how clients can pay their bills. It's a matter of giving everyone the tools and resources to handle it well manage those emotions and not let them overwhelm you and take over. So, and that's really where that coaching comes into. So I think one of the things that makes us unique is that you can come to one of our workshops and, you know, everyone, everyone has that experience. They go to a veterinary workshop or they go to a emotional intelligence workshop and they soak all this stuff in like a sponge and they go back excited. They're like, can't wait to do all these things. But then yeah. of course we're back to, you know, putting out all the fires and all the things we didn't do while we were at this conference. And suddenly that excitement starts to sort of deflate. That's sort of where our practice coaches come in. And again, right there in that accountability, it's you came to this conference, you set some goals of things you wanted to do. Let's Mm -hmm. meet in two weeks. Let's talk about it and make sure this doesn't fall off the radar because you said this was important to you. So yeah, it's a really full circle kind of idea of not only providing you just the tools, the resources, the education, but giving Mm -hmm. you that follow-up to make sure that you commit to the things that you really want and that we're here to support that. Well, thank you for that, Rachel. So question number four. What are the common mistakes that people make when trying to solve the problem? You know, the things they thought might work, the things they try but fail. Yeah. So I think number one is ignoring it. I think there's a really decent amount of denial going on about what our state is like, our mental state, the state in our practice, thinking that that's normal, normalizing this. Um, I've, I've definitely worked in an environment where I've normalized toxic environments. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is just the way it is. So, you know, what can I do about it kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think ignoring it is a big one. Also, just too long to make a change. Everybody's not, okay, I won't say everybody, right? I won't go absolutes here, but a lot of people want to wait to that perfect time. Well, I'm not going to do it until this happens. Oh, well, I need a couple more people on the team. So I'm going to wait to do it until then. And then, oh, you know, I'm going on vacation soon. So let me do it after. And so we're always kind of like pushing and waiting. We wait just too long to make that change. And 
we can implement some things. And again, we can always change it back if it doesn't work, but you know, we need to take that leap. We need to take that step. So I think that resistance to change is, is common. Other mistakes is thinking that they'll just go away on their own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, yeah, you know, this person really isn't working out on my team, but maybe that maybe they'll just, you know, we have to wait a little bit longer and they'll settle out. Like, no, we need to talk to them about expectations and stuff. And I think like the last mistake that I hear is, is not asking for help. And I think that a lot of times people don't realize that there are people like me, like BGP and, and countless other people out there that can help. And a lot of it is just recognizing that you need it and asking for it. And we're, we're here to do that. Yeah, it's so true, Rachel. You're bringing back a lot of memories of my difficult times in practice. You know, practices can be very insular. So you don't get mm-hmm. a lot of exposure to things. You're working so hard in it. And yeah. the things that hurt you are really the things that you don't know, you know, yes. and that's why you need to reach out, find someone else's perspective and uh, see if there's a different way of doing things, something else we can try, someone who's been there or has helped other practices do the same. So, yeah, that's really valuable. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to question number five. What is one valuable free action that someone listening to this can implement that will help them with the problem? So I would say one thing that you can just do after listening to this podcast, if you're like, all right, I need to do something today. Mm-hmm. I would do a top three to five weaknesses or opportunities exercise and really sit mm-hmm. down and you can do this as an individual, but I highly recommend if you are working in practice, get your team involved in this one. Do not put the team down in a meeting <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. we want to have a meeting about all of our weaknesses. That usually doesn't very well, but we want to probably do something where like a poll, like an anonymous survey where we can actually ask mm-hmm. every single member of the team from kennel attendant to owner, you know, and everyone in between, what do you think are the biggest areas of weakness or opportunity for our practice? And mm-hmm. I think that that's such a powerful tool because everyone has a different perspective. They experience mm-hmm. the practice differently based on the role that they, that they play. And so ask them that, you know, we don't want little things. I don't want, Oh, I don't like it when Cindy doesn't take out the trash before mm-hmm. my shift. That's not, that's <laughs> yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about, we have a training problem. We have a customer service problem. You know, we have an efficiency problem because of X, Y, or Z, right? We want to be pretty specific about the things that we feel like are holding the practice back. Mm -hmm. And then what we can do is consolidate as a leadership team. If you have a leadership team established, or again, even just as an owner yourself, depending on how big or small your practice is, take all of that data, consolidate it, because you're probably going to find a lot of consistencies and then figure out, okay, what are the priorities of the team? What are my priorities as an owner? And how do I mesh up the two, right? If you're having a financial problem, right? The team may not know that. And so though, you know, there might be a lot of people who say we have a communication problem, we have a training problem. Mm -hmm. You also have a financial problem that needs to be on that top list, right? Mm -hmm. So you as the owner of the leadership team need to come up with where you feel like the top three to five weaknesses or opportunities lie for your practice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just start there and start thinking about, okay, I've identified these issues. What is one thing I can do to start moving something forward? Or how, what could this look like if this is solved for my practice, right? And we can start coming up with goals around that. So mm-hmm. let's say we have a, a problem around finances, right? Maybe that first goal is I need to take my profitability from 9% to 12%. Okay, that I have a goal. I want to get to 12% profitability. Mm-hmm. Now, what's one thing I can do to help me get there, right? And there's a lot of things we can do. But, and that's again, where a lot of support and coaching can help, but, you know, start there and and just ask yourself that question. What is one thing now? I know where I am, where I want to be and how, how can I take one little step in that direction? Okay. That's a really good idea. 
Rachel. So kind of a SWOT analysis, put three to five things on the agenda, get the feedback from the people actually doing the work, because Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't see the forest for the trees as an owner, as a manager. I mean, I think one time somebody made a suggestion in my practice early on that there weren't enough kennels and it just didn't cross my mind. And I thought, oh, yeah, maybe we should get more kennels. Yeah. <laughs> we can have <laughs> more operations going on at the same time, you know, more cases in hospitalization yeah. and things. But it was actually just um, one of the kennel assistants who, who mentioned that. But So it's important to get feedback from, from the people on the ground. Fantastic. Absolutely. And then doing that one thing. Yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, you don't have to focus on everything. Yeah. Just do mm-hmm. one thing, get that done, get it implemented, and then we can move on to the next thing. Exactly. Just step by step and we'll get there. Yeah. But it's that, again, it's, it's that, that's where the stress and overwhelm comes in. It's, I have to go to nine to 12. Okay. Mm. We'll get there, right? It yeah. might not be overnight. We can take, we can make that a one-year goal. Let's mm-hmm. just do one at a time. And, and that's usually what we recommend is give yourself a quarter, come up with one or two goals that you can do to get yourself closer to that goal. Mm-hmm. And then next quarter, we'll come up with two more. And then next quarter, we'll come up with two more. And it'll be slow and steady progress towards that, but it'll allow your focus and attention to be really where it needs to be. You've identified where we can focus that yeah. can help us get to where we want to go. And that that will that will ultimately help move away from that treading water feeling to actually like making some ground in the progress. Absolutely. Because you have a strategy now. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great. So let's go to question number six. Only two questions to go. <laughs> yeah. What is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will further help with the problem? So I would say one thing that we can provide for any practice out there in the United States, especially right now, you know, we don't have any practices international. So I should, I should say that. So mm-hmm. one free resource would be our intro to coaching call where, you know, you would have a one-on-one meeting with a practice coach and kind of talk it through. Like, we like to consider it like the equivalent of a physical exam for your practice. And like, we'll talk through kind of all these different aspects and get to know you and your business and the practice, everything from culture to marketing and, and all the, the frustrations that you're having, kind of just figure out what's happening. And then that way we can really essentially diagnose some problems, right? And come up with some solutions and some plans as to how we would go about strategically helping you. Now, again, I know that that isn't available to everybody because I know that this podcast is way more than the United States, of course. So what I will say then, I would say, get on our social media. We put tons of tips and tricks on there. You can have access to some webinars that we post. So we do roundtable discussions live on Facebook once a quarter. So even if you can't have one of those meetings with us live in person, you still can access free support from our coaching team on a regular basis through our social media channels. So we're Veterinary Growth Partners on Facebook or VGP Vet on Instagram and Twitter. So, mm-hmm. you know, find us there. We're on LinkedIn. We're on all the places. You'll find us. <laughs> but Fantastic there's just reason. tons of things out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll have that link, vgpvet.com, in the resources section of the podcast. And, you Perfect. you know, it doesn't have to cost a lot, like you just mentioned. You know, it's a free resource just reaching out. Yeah. And it sounds incredibly valuable, that coaching call where um, somebody can help you identify some of the issues or you can just talk through some of the issues that you're having and hopefully take it further. But also the social media, the Facebook groups and things like that. So there is, you just got to be proactive and take some action and do something. Exactly. It's free. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, question number seven, what's the one thing, Rachel, that I should have asked you that I didn't? Well, I guess what I would say is maybe what is a free tip that I have? Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, 
One of my favorite ones, uh, this actually comes from our chief cultural officer, Sean McVeigh. And this mm -hmm. is something that you can actually use, not just in practice as a manager, mm -hmm. leader, but honestly, also in your personal life, it really goes in all directions, <laughs> which yeah. is, can I live with it? Can I manage it? Or can I end it? And, you know, we have a lot of, like I was saying, you know, common theme we've been talking about here, fires, we're putting out a lot of fires all the time. And, you know, sometimes we just need to really sit down and say, is this a problem I can really live with? I can't change it. I have to live with this. Um, so maybe a problem like that is, you know, I really want to have a, a feline friendly facility, but that maybe requires me to create, you know, another lobby for cats. And, and maybe mm -hmm. I just can't do that. But I, we just mm -hmm. can't remodel the practice, right? Mm -hmm. That would be something we just have to live with right? Okay. That, that's something we just have to kind of live with it. Managing it, right? Managing it is saying, well, what is something else we can do? How can we get maybe creative about this? So, mm -hmm. you know, thinking outside the box. And so kind of in the same scenario, it's like, well, can we maybe change the way our practice lives? We can put up a barrier. We can do this. We mm -hmm. can do that. So maybe we can't do that remodel, but we can do this other thing and really kind of putting it out there and then an end it would be like, you know what? We just can't do this, right? This is a project we can't do. But sometimes, you know, allowing yourself to just ask those three questions and you can ask them from everything from an employee who's not working out, right? Yeah. And I live with this employee who's not really working out for my team. You know, maybe it's your surgery technician who brings so much value to the practice, but they don't get along with anybody. Is this something I'm willing to live with? Mm. Or can I manage it? Can I give this person a performance review? Can I set new expectations? Can I put them through emotional intelligence and conflict training? Mm -hmm. um, or do I have to end it? Do I have to tell that person, you know what? Our values aren't aligned. We're not meeting those expectations. And so this is where we have to part ways. And so you can use it in all aspects. I've even used it in inventory management. <laughs> so, wow. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> I, abs I absolutely love it, Rachel. So can I live with it? Can I manage it? Or should I end it? Or can I end it? Yes. Fantastic. Yep. That alone is worth all the time on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Those were some really valuable insights you know about succeeding in veterinary practice and how getting a coach in my opinion is absolutely is absolutely invaluable uh, i'm sure our listeners will take away some valuable ideas and tips especially the last one and once again i just want to say rachel thank you for taking the time to talk to us today thank you so much it was great <laughs>